This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 26, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Five years later, in Iraq, 4,000 U.S. soldiers are dead. But is $3 trillion a fair figure for the full cost of the war? We get some analysis from Christopher Preble, Director of Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. I think they build in some assumptions and kind of Keynesian multipliers and whatnot that that probably inflate a little bit what we have already spent and will spend in the future based on what has already been spent. So that means veterans benefits and and survivor benefits and all the kind of long-term costs that have been incurred by the five years of war. However, um, I, I think it's it's important to focus first on what we have actually spent, the actual money that has been spent on the war, which is uh, now approaching $600 billion. That's actual spending, not long-term projections. It is important to count long-term projected spending into the into the total cost of the war. And I think the, the CBO number gets you somewhere between, it's about 1.2, 1.3 trillion, as I recall. You know, that's expensive enough. You don't have to build in a lot of, uh, of assumptions, some of which can be can be questioned or criticized by the supporters of the war to say, oh, no, the war didn't cost $3 trillion. It only cost, well, you know, 1.3 or 1.4 looks like a lot of money to me. And I think, you know, it's important just to step back and, and again, just focus on the on the actual spending that we are we are spending on on Iraq every month. The rule of thumb that I like to use is ten billion dollars a month. It's a rough figure. It's about ten billion. It's actually it's it's somewhere between twelve and fourteen, but you just use ten. It's a it's good good round number because from ten billion dollars I can do the math in my head. It's uh, that's one billion dollars every three days. And that's three hundred thirty three million dollars every day, and I did have to break out the calculator, but that's fourteen point eight million dollars an hour. Now. A lot of times you'll hear kind of statists and welfare state liberals uh, use the figure to to justify, well, we could have we could have given every child in America free dental care for the cost of X number of days in Iraq. And I, I'm troubled by that for a whole host of reasons, obviously, uh, because it, it assumes that money not being spent on a war would be spent by the government on some other government program. And I think that's that's harmful and, and short-sighted. But I do think it's important to, th- to think about opportunity costs, and opportunity costs apply not just to what the government is spending and what the government might be spending elsewhere, but also what people, just average folks, are not able to spend because they are, indirectly at least, uh, financing this war. How transparent is the spending that's going on in the Iraq war? Stiglitz and well, uh, his partner make a make an argument that the, a lot of the spending that's being done in the Iraq war is not very transparent. It, no, it, there's no question. The, the, the ways that money is hidden uh, in terms of military spending is hidden. Partly it's just by the sheer size of the military bu- budget. A lot of expenditures escape scrutiny. We know, especially with respect to the Iraq War, the supplemental spending request, there's a lot of things folded in there that really have nothing to do with the war. Um, Because the various services have figured out this is a relatively easy way to fund their priority projects. Um, And and I think that's that's harmful. Um, But the one point that Stiglitz and Bilmas make, which I think is an important one, is about counting long-term costs 
uh, as part of the cost of the war. And, and you know, just in the same way that, that, that we and, and my, you know, Jagadish or, or others here at Cato make the point about Social Security and, and thinking about entitlement spending, not just in terms of what's, what's you know, actually being spent on a day-to-day or month-to-month basis, but what the government's obligations are to people in the future, the same thing applies to veterans of any war. Uh, the same thing applies to their survivors in certain in certain circumstances you have medical care some of these some of these injuries that people are suffering in Iraq again it's a credit to our, to the the medical uh, doctors in the field that when someone is not killed on the field they, they're likely to live uh, in most cases which is rare uh, for war but but we've managed to achieve it but they're also likely to suffer from uh, permanent injuries that at a, at a minimum reduce their earning potential over their over the rest of their lifetime and may actually impose an additional cost on society in terms of the need to care for these people and I think that's all part of, of, of the cost of war I do want to just get back just very, very simply and, and thinking about the cost of the war and what we pay on any given day. I wrote an op-ed, which I wrote a blog post, which became an op-ed last week, fixing on the, these bridges to nowhere, uh, which John McCain likes to make a, a big issue of. And they're very famous, two actual bridge projects in Alaska that would have served a very, very small number of people, 50 or 100 or so, very small. Uh, and they became kind of the poster child of Congress's uh, wasteful spending, the earmarks, and it really an egregious example. Well, if you round the cost of those two bridges up, it's about $500 million. By the way, the bridges were not built because they, they did raise such a stink, but I guess the state of Alaska got the money anyway, so they'll do something else with the money. The bottom line is $500 million on two bridges. Well, uh, that's... Um, uh, that's two days. That, that's two days in Iraq. Not not even uh, two days in Iraq, uh, and and that kind of puts things in perspective. Now I'm not saying that we should be building forty bridges in a month, which is basically what you could do with that much money, because of course bridges can be financed a whole host of ways, and I'm not even sure we need forty bridges a month, let alone uh, um, you know twenty. And and certainly some of these bridges would serve a very small communities, and others would serve you know uh, great constituencies. The bottom line is. That when we make a decision to spend, I think the best way to, to do the opportunity cost is to count it against our military expenditures. Are the expenditures in Iraq contributing to our security in a way greater than other expenditures on the defense budget might? Um, and my, my latest favorite example of this is the Air Force has been having some trouble with their F-15 fighter planes. These are Some of these planes are quite old, actually, and, and they're having some difficulties with uh, stress fractures and things like that in the wing. And, of course, when you're flying at 2.5 or 3 Mach, that can be pretty uh, catastrophic. Uh, and my understanding is it would cost about $2 billion to uh, completely inspect the entire fleet of F-15s and, and make any repairs, necessary repairs. Well, that's six days in Iraq. And there's just one example of you know fairly discreet, example strictly from the defense budget this is not about making the case for you know buying buying every six-year-old a pair of shoes this is about our defense budget what we spend on defense and what we are spending in iraq that might might be spent in other ways elsewhere even within the defense budget christopher preble is director of defense and foreign policy studies at the cato institute this is the cato daily podcast read more on the iraq war and u.s security at Cato.org.